0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's mentally yours, from Ellen and I Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, mentally, mentally,
1: mentally,
0: mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette, and today I'm chatting to Tom Chapman. He's a barber, author, and speaker who set up the Lions Barber Collective. The group raises awareness for suicide prevention and trains barbers to be better listeners and support their clients with their mental health. We're going to be chatting about how they do that and all things hair. So, Tom, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate you taking the time out to chat on Mentally Yours.
1: Honestly, it's my pleasure.
0: So let's start with the basics. Um, What is the Lions Barber Collective?
1: The Lions Barber Collective, as it is now, is a charity for mental health and suicide prevention. We aim to create safe spaces where people feel comfortable to be able to open up and talk about their mental health. And be able to signpost them to support and information to keep them keep them safe and mentally healthy, and we do that through two things really. One is awareness, so we do things like pop up barbershops in places like universities, schools, um, festivals, sporting events, anywhere where there's people, uh, we can get into the chair with the uh, the, the carrot on the stick, the free haircut, and then we can uh, talk to them about mental health, have good conversations and tell them about what we do. And then the other thing that we do is we aim to train barbers and hairdressers in Barber Talk and Hair Beauty Talk, which basically is the four pillars of recognizing the signs that somebody's struggling, asking good questions, listening with empathy and without judgment, and finally helping that person find the help they need.
0: Mm. So why did you set up and why the focus on mental health?
1: It all happened very organically as a response to my friend Alex, who took his life in 2014. And I had seen him just a few days before. We had a brief conversation in the street. And I found out about three days later he had actually ended his life. And I was very shocked, taken back. He was very young. He was only in mid twenties when he died, and I can remember staying up all night, lots of questions: why, what if, um, all the usual questions that relate to suicide. And the big one of the biggest moments was I was at his funeral, and it was the, the crematorium was so full out with people. I mean, it was out of the door, even when you yeah, know it started. But I was one of the first people to not have a seat and i was stood down the front next to alex looking back at the room and it was a very unique position to be in at a a funeral i, I saw all the fa- i saw all their faces i saw all the love or the loss or the sadness all those people that cared for him and it made me think if he had this many people around him that loved him what made him feel so alone why didn't he did he not talk to them how can this how can this change how can this not happen again and that gradually evolved into what is the Lions Barber Collective today. It started off as a one off project for men's mental health suicide prevention. And I just realised that as hairdressers and barbers, we are in a fantastic position to be able to potentially help people uh, find the help they need. We can bridge the gap between the communities we the resources available. Basically, I think we're in a fantastic position with the infrastructure, the hair and beauty industry. We're on every high street it's accessible to everybody there's no stupid more to do about going to have your hair done so we listen for 2,000 hours a year anyway let's take advantage of this situation
0: yeah absolutely and I can see why I'd have that instinct that setting it up would work because I mean I know from going to my own hairdresser she's like a an extra sort of therapist really the, the kind of conversations that we have I always feel so much better afterwards I remember the first haircut I had after lockdown and it was just the relief it wasn't anything really to do with how I looked it was just this lovely long conversation with this woman that I chat to and um yeah, so it was a great idea can you tell us a bit more about the um the special training and um, that your barbers go through you mentioned it a bit already but can you tell us more about that please
1: yeah of course just before I do I just want to touch on that you just said about the first haircut post lockdown and I think that people over lockdown realize that the the importance of that haircut and it's not necessarily like you said the haircut it's that interaction with that person you see regularly who's a familiar stranger who has intimacy to touch your hair run their fingers through your hair touch your scalp your neck your face my the first haircut that I did on my friend post lockdown he was fine but as soon as I started cutting hair he's like he actually broke down and cried and I stopped, obviously, and asked him what was wrong. And we had the conversation. He said, you know what? There's nothing wrong. It's just I've lived by myself. So for the last three months, I haven't had any intimate. No one's touched me, basically, for for three months. He hasn't had a hug, hasn't had anything. And I think that that really made me realise the importance and also the privilege that we have to be inside someone's personal space like that. Yeah, absolutely. But moving on to the training, the training that we've done, we developed, developed, uh, I... I figured that we we we're in people's lives regularly. We know them, we see them every six weeks, every four weeks, every two weeks. So how can we use that to make a difference? How I went and did lots of different training myself. Found out that there was probably a space for a special training for the hand beauty industry specific to them because we have such a unique job role. And how can we do it very simply within an hour? appointment and how can we make it accessible and usable to them without them having to diagnose or prescribe or anything like that we're not trying to make people into therapists or counselors or anything like that how can we do it and make it accessible especially to a creative non-academic audience so i worked alongside dr peter Aitken, who is medical director for the county of devon and we came up with well i came up with the four pillars of recognize ask listen and help so the first thing we do is we train and hairdressers have to recognise the signs that somebody may be struggling. So this is going, um, essentially, going through it, we came down to the conclusion that it's a change in their behaviour. We know what our client's normal behaviour is like. So if they change that, they're changing their body language, they're sleeping too much or they're sleeping not enough or they've gained lots of weight or they've lost lots of weight over a short period of time or they have obsessions or things, something that's changed in them. If they come in, they sit and they talk to you about the football every single time you have their haircut and next time they don't even want to talk about the football, then something may have happened. And we're not saying it's always suicide, but it's an opportunity to then ask a question. So we teach them to ask good questions, good open-end questions, direct questions, and not being scared to, if we need to, ask the question, are you suicidal and do you have a plan? Because I, hand on heart, can say that everyone I've asked that to is still alive today, and um, it's a very important question. And asking someone about suicide does not cause suicide. So. Um, it's good to get rid of that myth as well and then we teach how to listen listen well with empathy and without judgment not to butt in not to advise not to tell them that you understand or you know how they feel but actually to say look i don't understand how you feel but i'm here to listen to you if you want to explain to me um and then and then being quiet and letting them listen uh, letting them talk so that you listen and even throwing it back to them all the time giving the conversation back to them and then letting them lead the way giving them that platform to potentially solve their own issues and then finally fourth pillar is help to help should you need it sometimes listening is enough that it we teach them how to create their own keep safe connections list is what we call it so they all have their bespoke ones we don't give them a list of um, resources we get them in the session to find resources in their area which they then go and check that are available what they do and they, we create their own list for their own shop so if in a moment of crisis it's about keeping the barbers and the hairdressers safe as well as the person in the chair so that they can pass them on to somebody and keep them safe and, that, and then we finally go over a little bit about the five sets to mental well-being of how they keep themselves mentally fit as well which we touched on uh, but this training has been I've just finished writing my next book, which is based around this training, which is non-industry specific. It's for everyone. It's going to be a handbook of how to do these. Um, uh, we've we that that training is CPD endorsed now as well, and we're in the process of working with one of the awarding bodies to, for me to edit and adapt the training so that it can be taught in colleges, six forms, um, across any other um industry, because I believe that actually suicide is needlier in a haystack situation then Everybody in the community can make a difference if we know how to recognise changes in behaviour, how to ask good questions, not be scared of them, how to listen well, and to know what other resources are actually about. So I think it's uh, the training has evolved a lot since it first started, but I honestly believe it's something that we could all be better at.
0: Mm. I can definitely see how it could be helpful in in other similar industries, like the, the one that comes to mind sort of instantly would be sort of the beauty industry. You know, if you go and have a manicure, we have that relationship um, with someone you go to regularly, or sort of another beauty treatment, um, that'd be really useful. And it's really interesting to know as well that um, you don't shy away from talking about suicides um, and actually asking that direct question. Um, what do you think it is about having um, your haircut that makes people, or some people, open
1: up? I think it's a relationship that you build up. You become you're a familiar stranger. You're a friend. I have friends that I. Uh... Well, I have clients that are friends and have been my friend for 20 years, but I've never seen them really outside of that environment of sitting down and having their hair cut. So there's the familiar stranger thing, like I said before, is that you feel comfortable around us, but you know nothing. If you say something, it's not going to go back to one of your friends. It's not going to go back to your family. It's a safe place to actually have a conversation. On top of that, we have, there's been a lot of research into why, especially men, would like talking. Uh, about these sorts of things when they're doing something else um if men aren't very good generally uh, at sitting down having a conversation face to face with somebody especially about things like this so i think that's another reason we are better at talking whilst doing so you're having a haircut we're not concentrating on the haircut we're concentrating we're not concentrating on conversation sorry we're concentrating on the haircut so we relax and also the intimacy the fact that we are yeah oxytocin is released on human contact i'm here running my fingers through your hair beard whatever it may be and um, that intimacy is really is, is really important also eye contact through a mirror that's quite unique it's less confrontational and we're not constantly having contact when people are talking about things that are difficult for them people find it hard to have eye contact so this is a space we naturally don't have much eye contact and and then i think top it off is this level of trust there people trust us to to make them look good and uh yeah holding sharp objects around someone's head or a cutthroat razor against someone's neck is a pretty uh yeah you know, a pretty sort of uneasy position to be in if you were anywhere else other than a barbershop
0: yeah it's fascinating and i think it's i mean it's all really interesting but i think it's particularly interesting what you said there about it may be being interesting to talk about stuff while you're doing something else while you feel like you're doing something practical because um i think for everyone it can feel quite daunting the idea of going to a, a doctor or a therapist and i know you're not you know you're not competing with them but um yeah i think that's really interesting
1: the doctor and therapist thing as well Look, if you're going to go to a therapist they probably you're probably thinking are, are they going to diagnose me or something are they going to prescribe you or something am i going to lose my job am i are they going to tell me i'm mad are they going to know, yeah, whereas you go to the hairdresser or barbers and there's, there's none of that there there's no you're not keeping any paperwork on you they're not you know it, it's a it's a very kind of relaxed place and you know talks about talking while doing I always think relate it to something like um, going on a road trip with somebody when you're in the car with someone for long periods of time you, you end up having these conversations about all sorts of stuff and I think there's something about that it's being close to someone trusting them to get you there a to b and you're not actually uh, not actually confrontational having that face-to-face contact uh, or going on a walk with somebody or there's these are moments where people tend to open up and feel relaxed and talk about stuff
0: Let's talk a little bit about the past year now, because um, I have to wonder how have you and the barbers in your collective been doing over the past year and a half? Because it must have been quite a tricky situation um, for people in those jobs.
1: Yes, so I, I think the industry itself suffered massively because we are a, a people industry. We have cash flow through interaction with people and e- exchanging cash for a service, and of course we could not do that. And I think a lot of the industry really struggled. Um, I my job um is i am a global barb director for kune hair cosmetics and i couldn't travel i spent before the pandemic i was on a plane to different country every week doing hair shows and what have you and obviously i could no longer do that so that was very difficult um and i think yeah, i think also for the clients it was difficult not seeing them we're we're very much people people we see 10 20 people a day and to have that human contact taken away from us um it was very difficult, I must say. But I also must say that I found it personally. I actually, the lockdown, I enjoyed it because I was able to put my kids to bed every night. I didn't have to do any FaceTime bedtimes or anything like that. Uh, and actually, because I wasn't travelling the world, I was able to solely focus on the Lions Barber Collective. And I was in the, the office by myself every single day, basically, giving it a full-time job, uh, full-time job hours and the rest to get it to where we've got it to. So helping develop the training for an online platform, and we actually managed to train hundreds and hundreds of barbers and hairdressers over uh, the lockdown period with Barber Talk and Hair and Beauty Talk uh, that now have a reach of thousands every week. So that was productive. We actually worked with the NHS on that. Um, And we we built up a lot of relationships, and we've done quite a lot because I was able to focus just on lines barber collective and we come up with new campaign ideas like the mullet over together campaign which starts this uh starts this suicide prevention down on the 10th uh, we're encouraging barbers to have well, and clients and people to have mullet haircuts because normally you mull something over to, alone you don't you don't think about it, you talk, think about it by yourself you don't talk about it around. else so we're encouraging barbers and hairdressers to mull it over together using the medium of the of a mullet haircut which is coming back as a, as a a vehicle to get the conversation started about mental health.
0: Yeah, I love that. I was going to, um, that was my next question anyway, to tell us about the latest campaign. But so was the idea that the barbers themselves get the haircut or that they, they encourage people coming in to get it? And is it really fashionable? Because, I mean, this is just a question. Is it is it really coming back? Has it come back?
1: Do you know what, the mullets show, I, so the last show that I did before the lockdown was the LA Hair Show, January 2020. And normally, the younger lads there, all the lads in their 20s, you can tell what's coming back because they're the ones that always seem to have it. And it's one of the first shows of the year. And then you kind of see it over the year get more and more popular. And then, of course, lockdown happened. All the 20 lads, oh, sorry, all the something year old lads had mullets there, basically. And then after, and then the lockdown happened, obviously. So no one could travel, no one could do anything, no one could go to the barbers. Everyone's hair grew out a bit, and... There were a few things I saw online with mullets coming throughout lockdown where people were cutting the sides of their hair because that's all they could see. So I think it evolved slightly on that. And then actually when people come out of lockdown, people had that bit of length and people were trying newer things with their hair. Men were trying newer things with their hair rather than going back to the same short haircut they've had every single two weeks for the last God knows how long. So it was... uh, it, it kind of organically came back through the longer hair through lockdown, but honestly i I be Street I'm seeing mullets everywhere. It's very very sort of it's just kicking off the trend and I'm seeing loads of mullets about so I think it's something new there's only so many different shapes that you can have with a haircut it's only short areas and longer areas and you know through a process of elimination this one has come back now and all the kids that are having it done. I've never had a mullet before. It came back about 20 years ago when I first started in the hair industry. A lot of young lads have a mullet. So, yeah, it, it, these things go in cycles, don't they? And it really is coming back. And the idea what we're doing is it's always a conversation starter the mullet. It's one of the sort of most iconic haircuts. So let's use that as a, as a vehicle to have these conversations around mental health. And, you know, the idea is that, yes, you can get a mullet haircut yourself. Post pictures of it, obviously, online. Talk about the mullet over campaign. That barbers can have their hair cut into mullets too and we want to try and have it so that you you could even raise money to have your mullet cut in it's something that can be it's sort of something that can be reversed quite easily as well if you're not if your hair is slightly a bit longer you just have the sides cut and then you can cut the back off afterwards so it's not too uh, it's not too permanent it's not like shaving your head completely and then you uh, then you've got to wait forever for it to grow back so it's, it's it's a bit of fun, but it's also coming back and making a bit of a statement in in uh, fashion side as well.
0: Mm. No, I like the combination of it sort of being yeah um, a bit of fun, but also you know serious conversation about mental health. We've always tried to be like that um, on the podcast in general. You know, kind of taking a lighter approach to chatting about men- quite serious mental health stuff. But for me, I think I still think the mullets. I still think of Pat Sharp with his mullet. So I can't take it seriously. But I mean, thats I think that's fine, really. <laughs> thats I think it'll get a lot of people sort of talking just as a jumping off point.
1: Yeah, definitely. That that Pat, Sharp, uh, that Pat Sharp mullet is very serious. I mean, I'm a hairstylist for 20 years. I have no idea how he got it to look like that. That's some serious styling going on there.
0: He's iconic, though, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It is. It's, he got voted the most iconic mullet in a survey, which we've just done recently. So he, he led the way by far.
0: I'd like to finish up. Um, by asking you a bit about what your plans are next for the collective, um, whether it's sort of to do with what's happening a bit with the campaign or just generally over the next year. And also, how can barbers get involved if they're listening to this and they th- they think they'd like to join your mission to help people chat about mental health?
1: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, look, we we are. Con- I'm constantly evolving, constantly trying to move forward. We've got lots lots of things going on. So one of the things we're doing, we've got the Collective Pride Awards, which we've just launched this year. So you can actually, if you know a hairdresser or a barber or a beautician who's a hero to you, you know, whether they've got a great salon and they get in, involved in the, you know, in the community, or they've just made you feel fantastic. Perhaps you know you went through a breakup and they sorted out your hair and made you feel fantastic. Whatever it may be. We're actually uh, doing a collective pride award. So, collectiveprideawards.co.uk, you can actually go and nominate a, a hairdresser or barber or beautician for an award to recognise, because we often recognise the creative sides of our industry, but not actually the fact that the community side of our industry, and we do so much. So, that's something that's going on at the moment. We have got obviously the Mullet Over, Cam- Mullet Over Together campaign, which launches Suicide Prevention Day. And we'll continue, and I hope that you know every September moving forward it will be mullet over together month, and we'll do, yeah, everybody will be doing have a wearing mullets in a, in the month of September, which is which is a plan because uh, we want to celebrate and get conversation started around that. We're doing lots of pop up. We're allowed to go out and, and play again, so we we're making the doing loads of pop ups now, which is which is getting really busy. So we're always looking for barbers to come and help us. Um, to be volunteers, to cut the hair at all different places. So um, places like say so football games, festivals, all the rest of it. Um, so that's something that we're, we're going and doing more and more. Obviously, we always want to keep on training. We're developing the training, like I said to you. So we're going to have a launch of that next year. Which is really exciting. And if people want to get involved with it, please, please do contact us. Um, you can go on our website or you can contact our volunteer coordinator, who's called Leanne, and she's absolutely incredible. Um, so it's Leanne at lionsbarbercollective.com if you want to contact her and get involved and find out what you can do. And if you want to do something around the training now, you can go to our website, lionsbarbercollective.com and you can take the Barber Talk Lite, which will probably take you 15 minutes. It's a real taster session of what the training's about. about.
0: So this is goodbye from mentally old. From mentally mentally mentally, 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 yours. Mentally, yours. mentally yours mentally yours if you've been affected by any of the issues we discussed today you can give the samaritans and ring on 116 123 if you like mentally yours you can also find us on twitter we're at mentallyyrs We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated, uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours.